You're listening to the Dynasty Battlefield Podcast with your hosts, Thomas and Jerry Tyrell. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of the Dynasty Battlefield Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Tyrell. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyBFieldTT. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, my cohort, and my Dynasty nemesis, Jerry Tyrell. Jerry, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Always love that introduction. Uh, you can find me on Twitter also at Dynasty Field JT. Awesome, Jerry. Thank you for that. Uh, just a quick note before we get into today's episode. Uh, we'd like for you to visit our website, DynastyBattlefield.com, where we are uh, currently filling a 12-team Superflex, team, uh, Superflex League. Uh, we are both members of that league and looking f- looking to fill that out as quickly as possible. Uh, the league is hosted on my fantasy, my fantasy League, and the money is held in League Safe so that your money is secure. Uh, we'd like to get you guys over there and uh, see if you can pit your Dynasty wits against us and see if you could take us down. Love it. Yeah. Um, also on our on our uh, website dynastybattlefield.com we also have our dynasty battles that we've been uh, that we've been participating in I guess you could say and uh, those are all loaded on our website and you have access to the full history there um, so please go check that out when you get time yep all right so today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what we have been doing and uh, previously as i mentioned in the dynasty battles where we had been pitting players against each other uh this is going to be a more open open forum kind of a show and we're going to talk about potential second or third year breakout players uh and this is just kind of open-ended uh we didn't have any criteria other than that uh, what I just said. So there's no specific uh, ownership levels. There's no specific uh, production levels. It was just basically looking at second and third year players uh, that we are targeting in our drafts. Uh, some I'm assuming would be under the radar at this point. I know some of my guys I think are under the radar. Some not so under the radar um, from me. So uh, with that introduction of the episode, uh, just, you know, second and third year mm-hmm. breakout, potential breakout players, mm-hmm. uh, I will hand that over to you, Jerry, let you mm-hmm. uh, maybe describe what your process was uh, for such an open-ended discussion. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, what did, uh, what do you consider being a, a breakout? Um, I mean, I think that you could uh, attach that label breakout to a multitude of things. But what I'm looking at is uh, somebody that I think is going to take the next step in their career. Now, they could have had a decent career up to this point. They could be under the radar and not on anybody's uh, fantasy draft board. Uh, But yet it's that person that you think is going to take a next step forward on their team, be uh, not maybe not the guy. Maybe he is going to be the guy. Maybe he's going to be the next guy. Maybe he's going to be the second guy. But uh, but somebody that's just going to take a leap forward in their career. That's kind of what I was. That was my criteria. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I kind of um, went around, went about it the same way, I think. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and. um, Yeah. If you want to go ahead and get started with your players, uh, we have not discussed this prior to this, so mm-hmm. we may run into the same players. So um, as you go down your list of players, if you if we have someone similar, I will just chime in. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll chime in and let you know that uh, I have the same player. And if I have anything to add uh, to mm-hmm. your notes, I'd, I'd like yeah. to do that as well. Sure, yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about the first player I got on my list, uh, a guy that I'm targeting – a uh, little bit later on in drafts, um, you know, and I, I probably should have had his ADP, but I don't have his ADP in front of me. Is Irv Smith Jr. Okay, that's that's somebody that I think that is going to take the next step. You got Kyle Rudolph there. Um, is I think that he's going to start taking a step back, and that's already shown a little bit. He's uh, his snap count has been down uh kyle rudolph said it is it went down 10 percent with the emergence of irv smith taking taking some of those snaps um just give you some numbers here you know he had 47 targets 36 receptions for 311 yards and two touchdowns 
you know, it's pretty solid for a pretty solid uh, for a rookie, pretty solid rookie. rookie. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, he had a 60% snap count his rookie year. Um, Rudolph, by last year's standards, he had a 78% snap count, which you would think that's pretty high. Year before that was 88%. So, like, right. you know, I don't know if the necessary the writing's on the wall per se. But, you know, it's starting to look like uh, Kyle Rudolph is going to come back a little bit where Irv Smith's going to take a step forward. Um, do, you think just, he, do you think he'll take the step forward uh, in front of Rudolph this year? Do you think that those targets will uh, he'll nudge ahead in the targets and volume? I do believe so. I do believe so. I do believe that Er uh, Smith is a much more athletic uh, tight end. Uh, still has great run blocking, uh, even pass blocking skills. That I do think that he will take that next step. And this, like I said, this is a this is a guy that I'm targeting for my second tight end later on in the draft. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot. I think, yeah. especially given um, given the fact that. Diggs has moved on, and they have a rookie coming in that, by all uh, accounts, will be, you know, slotted as the number two receiver outside of Thielen. Thielen is mm-hmm. relatively older, and you got to think that they're going to want some more weapons on uh, on the field at the same time. So I can see Irv Smith playing a huge role. Yeah, I one hundred percent, one hundred percent agree. Um, you know, Kyle Rudolph had similar targets, similar receptions last year. Uh, Rudolph had 39 receptions on 48 targets for 367 yards. So um, that was 300 yards less than he had the year prior. Um, so it, it, Minnesota, honestly, has not really been a tight end heavy team per se. But um, but I think that, you know, with somebody like Irv Smith, they very well could um, see a uptick in production that they haven't seen in quite a few years. Kyle Rudolph's best year there, he had 840 yards on 132 targets. That was back in 2016, and it steadily declined uh, every year since then. Yeah, no, I like that. I like Irv Smith as a target. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of his. He went. He was the 50th pick in last year's draft, which. Uh, speaks a lot to what the Vikings think of his future to spend a second round pick on him. Agreed. 100%. What else we have on the list over there? What do you got? Uh, uh, You know, and this one might not be uh, a complete surprise, uh, but it is, you know, somebody on the Chiefs, uh, Miko Hardman. This is a guy. He's on my list as well, of course. Okay, great. I'm I'm glad to see that. I, I just think that this this kid is just a tremendous talent, fast, um, and you know how the Kansas City Chiefs loves those fast wide receivers with Tyreek Hill, and yeah, and this this guy is just right in tandem with um, with Tyreek Hill. Uh, finished last year with 41 targets, 26 receptions, and 538 uh, 538 yards, which his average his average target was 13 yards, uh, 13 yards per target, which was best among rookies last year. Well, that was not just best among rookies. Uh, that was the best in the in the league. Well, it depends on how you how you you know it depends on your uh, um, criteria eligibility. Right. I mean, there were mm-hmm. there were a couple of players who had a higher, but they only had one or two catches. Right. right. So uh, just running a search on the pro football reference page. Uh, I did a search for uh, wide receiver yards per target with at least 350 yards. Uh, the top five are number one, Miko Hardman, number two, A.J. Brown, number three, Stefan Diggs, number four, Mike Williams, number five, Chris Godwin. So uh, sitting on top of that list is pretty impressive, right? Uh, and I think that's a number one. names there, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as, like you said, you know, he had 26 receptions. He had 26 receptions and had 538 yards. It's incredible. Yeah. He had a, uh, you know, what sitting 63% catch rate. Yeah. So the 41, which like is just 41 targets. And, you know, it's insanity that he would have that many yards. Uh, but six touchdowns. And then uh, I think 
I don't have that number in front of me, the number, uh, like the average of that touchdown range, but just the bombs that he was catching and not necessarily bombs, but the, the 15 yard catch he makes that takes it 60 extra yards, you know, that, right. that speed you were talking about, that sub four, four speed that, you know, four, three, five, just lightning fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's on my list for sure. He's, uh, He's one that I'm holding on to, expecting big things from him. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen this year because of the re-signing of Watkins and uh, Demarcus Robinson. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Chiefs were one of – I think they were the only unit in the entire NFL that brought back the entire entire same receiver unit. You know, they didn't add or detract anyone from that that group. So Mm -hmm. – but it would be – it would be nice to see, and I fully expect to see a huge step in his game this year uh, as they phase out Sammy Watkins. I think they just renegotiated his contract, and uh, they realized they were paying him too much. So I think this will be Watkins' last year. I think they just need another year for uh, for Hardman to kind of refine his skills a little bit. Uh, I think he was a little unrefined coming out of Georgia. But uh, the sky's the limit for this guy. 100% agree. He, I'm pretty sure he was, uh, he, he topped the list in all purpose yards as well because they used him on the, uh, on the, you know, kick returns, punt returns. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So uh, who's your next guy up on your list there, sir? Uh, the next guy I've got, is, and this might be, not be a surprise, but it's uh, Deontay Johnson. You know, I, I, this kid performed very well considering the quarterback circumstances that right. uh, that Pittsburgh had last year. They had uh, three different three different uh, quarterbacks last year with uh, Roethlisberger getting hurt early in the year and then uh, went with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. And they played like a carousel of uh, – they went back and forth on the on starting. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, he was. Uh, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I lost my track of thought here. No, uh, it's all. Hey, it's all good. Let me give you some numbers while you're getting back there. Um, he finished first in receptions, third in targets among among rookies. But like I said, you know, you would you would look at those stats and say, well, you know, he's already broke out. You know, he's already at the top potentially at the top of his, you know, his class, but, um, you know, he, he had 680 yards and five touchdowns. Like I said, he was, uh, sixth in yards, seventh in touchdown. Now this is among, among rookies. That is, uh, over the likes of AJ Brown, Metcalf, Debo Samuels coming out of that class. Right. Uh, but I'm looking for him to take even, a. a a, a beggar step forward this coming up year, you know, with the uh, with Roethlisberger coming back. I was drawing a blank on uh, Roethlisberger's name for for some odd reason there, but uh, but with Roethlisberger coming back, it's uh, perceived that their offense is going to be a little bit more stable than it was last year. So I can see I can see Johnson his targets being upticked a little bit and honestly getting uh, more yardage and more opportunity. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's also on my list. Of course, I think he's been rising up the uh, draft board uh, all spring. And it looks like he's kind of settled out a little bit. Uh, just looking at the overall ADPs, uh, depending on where you look and of course, and what type of, you know, and what type of league that you're in. Um, mm-hmm. But by and large, it looks like, He's kind of had, um, like I said, his he's had like a little dip in his ADP lately. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a great opportunity to get the sneak back in there. I think um, with the with Roethlisberger coming back, I think as we get closer to the season, a lot of people are pointing to James Washington uh, as that potential guy on the Pittsburgh offense. And well, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Uh, you know, I thought that I thought that as well. But you would think with uh, Washington. Uh, was college teammates with Mason Rudolph, and they combined for quite a few yards, quite a few receptions during their uh, career in college. But yet Deontay Johnson still outperformed him on the field. So even though that they already had that previous previous relationship, you would think that that would kind of translate 
uh, with both of those both of those guys to the NFL, but it necessarily didn't last year. No, I totally agree, uh, and that, as you said, evident on the field. Uh, one of the things that uh, I'd like to point to for Deontay Johnson is a lot of a lot of people are comparing him to uh, Antonio Brown. That's kind of he's kind of got the same profile. He's uh, a lot of similarities as far as. Uh, uh, the level they played on in college, the uh, the uh, the punt return ability that that opened that in space, you know, and that's kind of how Pittsburgh used him early on in the season. Until later on in the season, he started getting more traction and playing uh, on the field, and he played outside more than he would he plays inside, and and uh, so it, it speaks to his uh, is Antonio Brown style of play uh, his he was number one in the league with target separation at over two yards per per route it's insanity like if wow. you look at the if you look at the numbers for target separation most guys are in the one six one seven range and those are pretty good if you get at the two range it's like super elite and he was at almost you know 2.4 right. uh, so for me, that's just one of those numbers that really stands out. Uh, he does stand out above the rest. Of, even, you know, even the uh, the other guys in his class: DK, AJ Brown, Debo, McLaurin, Marquise mm-hmm. Brown. So, yeah, he uh, he's definitely on my radar. I've got him on a couple of the startups from this spring uh, and early summer, mm-hmm. and uh, notice he went from very quickly. You know, he went from like a twelfth round guy to where he's up in the ninth round. Uh, going there now so yeah so he's actually going to be a, a starter on most teams at this point yeah I'd starter so. on most fantasy teams i should say yeah i think so for sure but i agree with him i agree with you uh that he needed to be on this list uh, he didn't really have a yeah i wouldn't consider that a true breakout but he's definitely showed some very productive uh some very uh productive skills and uh his you would think with any pro- progression in his in his skills, along with the addition of Roethlisberger, that uh, he's going to be primed to take a giant leap forward this next season. I agree. And like I said, I use that criteria of uh, the guy taking that next step in his career, even though he had a stellar rookie rookie season. Um, you know, a lot of guys in this class had a stellar rookie season. But, you know, during the season, you didn't hear anybody talking about Deontay Johnson as much as they were no. talking about Metcalf. Devo, uh, AJ Brown, those were the guys that everybody, McLaurin, everybody sure. that that everybody was talking about, and it translates into the draft. Those guys are being drafted way above Deontay Johnson, but Deontay Johnson is right there with them statistically with these guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, on that point, when it comes to uh, dynasty or fantasy football in particular, uh, but we. We are only speaking of dynasty. When you talk about conversations uh, that people are having and you get uh, just chatter throughout the season, a lot of that is based on the first four weeks of the year and uh, it takes a long time for people to change their opinions of what they've seen. So mm-hmm. Yante Johnson didn't come out of the gate and have a monster game or any giant play or one thing that stood out early on, right? So, right. So, by the time week five rolls around, we've already decided that Pittsburgh's a dumpster fire. We don't want anything to do with that offense. Um, we see McLaurin come out of the gate, two touchdowns, 100 yards. So then his name's a buzz already, right? So, mm-hmm. and those were guys who were probably drafted in the same, uh, they're probably going around the same areas in the startup drafts last year or rookie drafts last year. Yep. They both had similar ADP in the draft, you know, but as far as like out of the gate, McLaurin, he was out of the gate, number one rookie wide receiver first week. Right. So mm-hmm. that just created the buzz and he, you know, he sustained that buzz all year, but, uh, Deontay Johnson, there's no buzz for a third round kick returner, punt returner, you know, um, no buzz at all. Not until later in the season when he has these these games where it's, you know, um, 
You start to take notice of him. Yeah, you start taking notice of him because, but then you start thinking, you know, in the back of your mind, well, there's no Juju, there's no Roethlisberger throwing the ball. Like, is this thing real? And I think over the course of the offseason, as people have slowly watched his tape and have slowly started to dig in and uh, we started looking for these little diamonds in the rough, then like he pops out like, oh man, did you know this, right? So right. all of all of January and February is, hey, did you see this? Do you know this? Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, yeah, it takes time for the community to change its tune on that. And they they caught up with it. Like I said, his mm-hmm. ADP had climbed up and uh, I think it's falling back just a hair because of the uh, the uncertainty of is it going to be he or Washington that will be that the other player that uh, Roethlisberger's peppering with targets. Yeah. And um, and I'm bet- I'm betting on Johnson over Washington. You know, I think even yeah, people definitely. are even da- people are down on Pittsburgh as a whole. They're even down on Juju. Um, you know, Roethlisberger, this might even be Roethlisberger's last year in the NFL, maybe his last year in Pittsburgh. Like, mm-hmm. he, he might hang it up next year. But OK. So uh, what else do we have on your list over there? You got anything? Anymore? Yeah, I got uh, I got one more guy, and you know it's kind of hard to say that somebody's going to be a breakout when they're the you know when they're a first round pick, twenty six overall, um, who's performed you know who's performed pretty well. Uh, they've come out of college, uh, very highly touted route runner, uh, and I'm speaking of Cal- Calvin Ridley. You okay. know, looking looking at his numbers. You know, he had a great he had a great rookie rookie season. Um, and then we were we were anticipating him taking a step forward his uh, his second year. But I mean, literally, if you look at his numbers from his rookie year and his sophomore year, they are nearly identical. Uh, 92 targets, 93 targets, 64 receptions, 63 receptions, 821 yards, 866 yards. So, I mean, like he is, you know, he did not take a step forward from his rookie year just based based on these numbers. I mean, he's, you know, across or, you know, across the field from arguably the probably one of the best wide receivers in the NFL um, in the in the past decade uh, within Julio Jones. And Julio Jones is still at the top of his game. But I still look for Calvin Ridley to to take a step forward. Uh, I, I do see an uptick in targets. I think he's going to get over, a, you know, probably 120 targets this year. I look for him to have over a thousand yards. And obviously, we, as we said many times before, we cannot cannot predict touchdowns. But uh, but I look for him to to take a step forward from his first two seasons. Yeah, I think um, wait. I personally wouldn't have put really on this list uh, sure. just because I think he's already kind of established himself. Um, I know those numbers aren't great as far as um, well, they don't pop out to you, but I'm fairly certain he finished as a top two wide receiver, you know, you know, top second tier top receiver last year. I'm trying to find that where he landed. Yeah, so like. Position rank, um, and this is just pro football reference, so it could be just standard. I don't know how those are set up, but basically in his rookie year, he finished as the 18th ranked receiver, mm-hmm. and then in 2019, finished as the 23rd receiver overall. So just in those look like that's just standard. That is not uh, PPR league. Right. Um, so we look at that. I think the numbers are similar because he had an injury in his second year and uh, that kind of kept those numbers from escalating. So he played a full 16 game rookie season and 13 games in his sophomore year and uh, not knowing it, but assume that one of those games he got hurt. So then we're talking really like 12 and a half games. So I'm I'm gonna say the numbers probably would have been better had Mm -hmm. he been healthy. Uh, which you know he wasn't, so we can't we can't uh, just uh, wash away the, the injury. Um, but I think the biggest point to uh, his production level is that Julio Jones is still uh, a top five receiver in the NFL. So, uh, and when he uh, up until last season, uh, Sanu was still a big part of that 
offense. Well, at least he was on the field, you know, like snap count right. wise. He was on the field all the time. So the snap count kind of stayed the same for Ridley throughout this first two years. Um, being that they have no longer have Sanu, I think uh, I do anticipate a higher uh, target rate for, for Ridley here. And uh, so I would just consider, in my opinion, I, I didn't put him on my list because I would consider sure. him kind of already set so and i really just kind of looked at receivers mostly so i'm glad you brought up the tight end mm-hmm. and Irv smith i think um when we look at these second and third year breakouts i think generally 90 percent of those candidates are going to be in the wide receiver group just because that's the largest group of players and uh you know prior to 2014 and the Beckham Evans season, rookie years, you know, there was quite, there was always the saying of the two to three year window for, for uh, receivers before they, you could expect any production. You know, uh, it was not, it was not expected to have a rookie receiver come into the league and be a, and, and fight to be a, you know, top 15 receiver, which uh, that's, that's somewhat changed now. So, because that has changed, I think that's changed our own expectations of some of the rookie rookies that we draft and leaves a lot of uh, players out there, I think, potentially that are just kind of sitting there like diamonds in the rough. And this is kind of what the exercise was, in my opinion. Uh, and like you said, we already sure. agreed on a couple of the players. Uh, yep. So one of the players... Uh, a couple players from the 2018 class that I do want to mention, and I wouldn't consider these guys to be breakouts either because I think everyone knows about them. Um, so from that perspective, I don't wouldn't consider these two guys a breakout, but I do look for these guys to take a huge step forward this year, and I'm looking to get these guys because you can get them relatively cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. Christian Kirk is one of those guys who we've been waiting on for a couple of years. And uh, the, the other guy is Anthony Miller from from Chicago. Mm, yes. I think Kirk Kirk is going to be helped. I mean, and this is assuming that he can stay healthy uh, because he's yet to do that, right? He's not had a full sixteen game year, uh, uh, full game, full sixteen game season yet. Right. So let's start there. So let's assume that he's healthy, and the, having Hopkins on the having Hopkins on the field is going to help Kirk. I think that's going to really uh, allow Kirk to play inside more. Mm-hmm. Uh, on these in these four receiver sets, he played out of position. I think quite a bit for his first couple of years. Uh, the first year they had no identity, and uh, they didn't really didn't have a quarterback. Right, they had uh, that was the Josh Rosen rookie year, mm-hmm. no offensive line, and then last year they brought in Kyler Murray, whole new offensive scheme. Um, so there's a learning curve there. The offense wasn't very good because it doesn't have the right pieces yet. And I think they, you know, uh, they got better throughout the year. They started running a little bit more of that offense. We didn't even get to see that offense fully last year because they don't have the players to, to play it, right? Right. So I think with the second-year growth of Murray and uh, the addition of Hopkins – to change coverages, I think that's going to leave Kirk uh, kind of all a lot alone, a lot in the middle of the field. So mm-hmm. you have to expect at some point the ever ageless Larry Fitzgerald to retire. You know, it's right. always one more year, one more year, one more year. So uh, I think Kirk is fairly cheap. You can still get him, you know, post twelfth round, post post starter you know, quote unquote starter rounds, you know, depending on how deep your league is. Uh, yeah. But I was going to well, say, yeah, go ahead. I, I you know, I, I agree with you that, um, that I looked at Kurt, uh, Kirk and, um, he very much intrigued me, but those receivers on, uh, the Cardinals, man, they, they're, there's, they've got a lot of talent there. They just, um, I'm just not sure who's going to pop. Like you've, we're still waiting on, you know, Hakeem Butler to hit the field, you know, you know, uh, waiting on Andy Isabella, you know, to, to possibly, you yeah, know, those guys, those guys were rookies last year and barely mm-hmm. played. Uh, Kirk has two years under his belt. So I fully expect him to, uh, be ahead of those guys on the, on the uh, depth chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
so and I did look at those other guys too. Uh, Butler is one that we'd you know was going to be an honorable honorable mention here only because we didn't see him play. You know he Agreed. was a highly touted pre-draft wide receiver, and then uh, the NFL didn't agree as much. He was a first pick of the fourth round, so first pick on day three of last year's draft. So it's going to be interesting to even see him hit the field. He played uh, at Arizona State. I didn't get to see him play in college. I just got to read about him really all of last offseason. So, uh, but I just wanted to mention him. Uh, but yes. Going back to my list for... Mm-hmm. And looking at the 2018, so just overall, I'm looking at the 2018, 2019 classes. And I didn't like, uh, these are names that I wrote down basically that I know are, are in the league and were, um, quote unquote names to remember. That's kind of how I look at these, these lists. So they're not, they're not a complete list of the 2018 and 2019 receiver class. So don't give me any pushback on that. But basically there are, what I would call five star players from each draft thus far. And then 2018 would be Calvin Ridley, uh, Cortland Sutton, DJ Moore, DJ Chark, Michael Gallup. Those five guys I feel like have separated themselves from everyone else on my list. Christian Kirk, Anthony Miller, James Washington, we've all mentioned. Uh, These other guys... I don't think have any chance of moving forward. MVS, I think he failed his test last year. Antonio Callaway, too many off-field issues. Dante Pettis kind of blew his opportunity last year, it seems like. Kiku Kute got in the doghouse, can't get out. Deshaun Hamilton proved he wasn't up to the task. Then uh, Auden Tate. There's somebody, it's a potential, right? So Auden Tate is someone who is way down the list on Cincinnati's depth chart, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the physical skills in the world, you know, so it may just come down to opportunity for someone like Auden Tate. And yeah. then, yep. Go ahead. I was, okay. was going to say, uh, I'll just expand on Auden Tate a little bit. Um, you know, Cincinnati has have, wa- have waived him, signed him, or they moved him up from and put him on the practice squad, and then they moved it up, moved him up from the practice squad. So Tate is not somebody who's uh, come out of the gate firing. Cincinnati, their own team, has already has reservations about him. Yeah, that's what's I tough think, about the. That's why the draft capital and that kind of stuff is these. This this is a like a lesson in that you know if I don't have anything invested in him, then I can I can kind of play with him like that. I can put him on the practice squad and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I think with the addition of, of Burrow there, it you start to look at the other pieces surrounding this right. potential quote-unquote superstar that could be coming in. So you're thinking, oh, okay, well, if he's coming in, he's going to raise he's going to raise the value of all these guys. And look, oh, Tate's pretty cheap. Let me take a shot at him. I can see where where a person would yeah. do that. So um, someone else I'd like to mention would be uh, Byron Pringle. From that 2018 class, you know, uh, just just because of the offense he's on. I mean, obviously he's you know we got Tyreek Hill, Hardman, Watkins, uh, Demarcus Robinson, and he would probably be listed as the fifth guy. But I mean, he you know he does have. I mean, he was a drafted player. You know, they uh, he is on an offense that is the number one offense, the number one passing offense by far. Um, so it was just at least worth a mention, I think. Uh, Absolutely. But uh, someone I did want to point to for the 2018 class that I'm interested in and also looking at is uh, Alan Lazard, right? I think um, he's on track to be Green Bay's number two receiver. Mm-hmm. I think there were a lot of information last year coming out uh, when – MVS was not doing very well. It looked like he and Equinemius St. Brown were kind of in over their heads early on. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of uh, chatter about Rogers trying to get Lazard on the field, someone he felt like he could trust. And I think um, I think over those last few was it the last few weeks? I know, like late in the season, that he had some he had some pretty big catches and. 
you could see uh, Aaron Rodgers looking his way, which that can't be discounted at all. You know, to just to have just to have him looking your way, right? Uh, right. If 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 he trusts you, and you can, if you ever if you have have ever owned a receiver, I have owned Devontae Adams since he was a rookie, and. Rodgers did not trust him for the first couple of years. He still had uh, Jordy Nelson and uh, Dra- uh, Jennings. I don't remember who the other guy was yep. when he was drafted, but it took it took a couple of years before he would even throw the ball to Devontae Adams because he just didn't trust him. And the fact that he already trusts this guy, I think, uh, is 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 pretty huge. So. You can get him in the late rounds. I mean, you can get this guy in the 14th, 15th round in some drafts and some startups. And should, you know, we have to look at the, you know, the, if he does secure the number two row, he's already got a, a nice solid floor. And mm-hmm. should Adams get hurt, then we're looking at, you know, a, a potential number one receiver, a back end number one receiver type season for this guy. Yeah. So. He's definitely somebody that I'm that I'm interested in. Yeah, I mean, you get somebody on a team with a uh, future Hall of Fame quarterback, you're going to target those guys, and especially um, you know somebody who's you know almost kind of penciled in in the number two spot there behind Adams, especially at that value. Yeah, if you're you know you're getting that late in the season, I mean, I mean you're getting that late in the draft, and by all accounts, you know he's basically free you know really right. absolutely and even in the middle even in the middle rounds of of those 28 30 man startups if you're getting him in the 15th 16th round i think that's pretty good value absolutely. Uh, but outside of those you know outside of the uh those three players in 2018 i think the 2018 class is definitely a little bit shallower than the 2019 class and that could be because of what I said kind of off off air was maybe this 2019 class just hasn't had the chance to disprove itself the way the 2018 class has up to this right. point. Agreed. So when it comes to the when it comes to the 2019 class, also I'm looking at it like there are five star receivers that have proven themselves in the 2019 class as well. So out mm-hmm. of the two classes, I feel like we have 10 receivers that we we feel comfortable starting and the five for 2019 that I have are uh, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, uh, McLaurin and Marquise Brown. Uh, some may question Brown being on the, the list of what I think are, are proven, but I think he was the number one guy in that low volume passing offense. And I don't think that's going to change this year or the next couple of years. So, but those were my five guys that I thought, okay, these guys stand it apart from everyone else. Everyone else is going to be a projection or, you know, something that we need to, uh, the whole piece, the whole pie is not there. There's a piece missing that we haven't seen yet. And you've already right. mentioned a couple of these guys with Deontay Johnson and Miko Hardman. And really, I think that for those guys, it just comes down to opportunity. The more opportunity that they get, uh, they're going to, they're going to just going to ball out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, also, for this 2019 class, I think there's quite a few out there still that have this pedigree and draft capital, and it'll be make or break years for these guys. But um, the first one I'd like to mention is Paris Campbell. I think uh, early second round pick last year never got it going. I uh, had a you know always had some uh, he had a couple injury issues last year and. Like I said, just never kind of never got the ball rolling. Uh, I know that Frank Reich was super excited when they drafted him, and I think with the addition of, excuse me, with the addition of Philip Rivers, who by all accounts has you know who has lost some of his arm talent and has been like those underneath routes, and this is kind of what we had. Uh, heard all last off season where Paris Campbell will be running all his routes to be these shallow routes, these crossers, uh, you know, get him in space, wide receiver screens. I think that the addition of Philip Rivers really helps that. Um, so I look forward to Paris Campbell's season to see how that, that shakes out, uh, given that offense and how it's, how it's looking, how it's shaping up. 
it's expected to be a relatively low passing volume offense with that offensive line and uh, Taylor in the fold now at running back. So it is just going to be interesting to see how they how they use them. But I expect Paris Campbell to have a breakout year to be a potential back end wide receiver two this year. because like outside of outside of T. Y. Hilton, I think T. Y. Hilton's gonna be your field stretcher. And I'm not sure that Philip Rivers is gonna have the arm strength to get the ball consistently downfield to T. Y. Hilton. So uh just look for them to use T. Y. to spread the field, uh open up the safeties and open up the underneath passing game for uh for Campbell, uh and as well as uh Jack Doyle. So I agree. For, yeah. I, I like that pick. I like that pick because uh, Indianapolis has, uh, has, you know, added some pieces there that uh, looks like that they're going to, you know, make a run at it. Yeah, so right. I like that. Yeah. And going back to the top of the show, this is, these are the guys that, uh, when I mentioned wide receivers, but I said I looked for, uh, you know, I started looking for second and third year breakout players. I'm looking for wide receivers mostly because they're so discounted. Uh, a lot of times we get excited about these guys coming in and we draft them early in our rookie drafts. Paris Campbell was a first round rookie draft pick last year, uh, back in first round pick. Um, but I was able to, in one of my leagues, you know, trade the 208 for him. And, you know, just based purely on this, on this speculation, you know, I need some help with the receiver spot. Can I get someone at 208 in this rookie class? Uh, we were looking at potentially looking at running back in that position as far as value goes, ADP-wise. So uh, prior, this is weeks prior to the draft, you know, I let go of the 208 for Paris Campbell. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, just giving the value he had coming out of last year's rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. So. These are the kind of players I'm looking to buy. Their second year, they didn't, you know, they had all the hype coming in, and then they just fizzled pretty quickly. Right. So, uh, and along those lines, the uh, second player that I want to mention is Nikhil Harry. Obviously, first-round pick of the Patriots last year. Uh, again, had injuries to start the season. Uh, never really got the trust of Tom Brady. Uh, was quoted. There were quotes out there saying that Brady basically said, "Get this guy off the field. I can't trust it. If he's, you know, if he's on the field, it doesn't matter if he's there or not. I'm not throwing him the ball because I can't trust him." And that's kind of well chronicled if you listen to any of the uh, NFL shows. But you, uh, we have to go back to you know the things that we're looking for here: draft capital, opportunity. Uh, you know, we have a new quarterback coming in, and um, so he has the ability to. Rebuild trust with a different quarterback, uh, a quarterback who, from uh, just history, we can remember history. You know, he's always had these larger, lumbering type receivers, and he is more than willing to throw up a pass for a contested, you know, for a contested ball if he has faith in a, that a guy will go get it. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw this with Devin Funches and with uh, I'm blacking them really blocking out on the other guy's name um, that he had for years. The big guy, Benjamin. Yeah. Benjamin. Travis Benjamin. Yeah. yeah. Not Travis Benjamin. Benjamin. Sorry. Thank you. Kevin yeah. Benjamin. Kelvin, yeah. Correct. Kevin Benjamin. So wow. I think uh, Nikhil Harry fits that body, that body type. Uh, he didn't have great separation numbers and that's not his game. His game is more of a contested guy, uh, more contested catch. So I look for him to have a big year in that offense with Cam Newton. As, uh, obviously, we have no idea what the offense is going to look like. We imagine it's going to be completely different than what they were running with Tom Brady. So, uh, again, all speculation. He didn't really have any statistics to show last year that you know he was worthy of uh, a lot of volume this year. But basically, they don't really have anyone else. Uh, they have you know they have Sanu and they have Edelman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what you think about those guys in particular, but they're both over 30. And um, this guy was a first round pick last year. So if you can, if you can find him cheap, you know, I, I imagine that a lot of people who took him in the top five aren't just going to give him away this year. Um, but there has to be a discount, right? Uh, compared to right. the 101 through the 105 last year, there has to be a discount. So I would definitely go look for Nikhil Harry. And see if uh, you can get get a piece of that. I like that. 
Yeah. So, uh, and I think the 2019 class for me was pretty loaded with these guys. I still have, you know, we already talked about uh, Johnson and, and Hardman, Campbell, Harry. Now we have uh, Preston Williams, right? So I wanted to mm-hmm. mention Preston Williams, undrafted free agent last year. Uh, so no draft capital to speak of, mostly be due to uh, personality. I say personality, not personality, but off the field issues. And, um, you know, he was really coming on for Miami last year, uh, started to get some targets and his breakout game is when he, uh, tore his ACL. So bad luck for him, but I think it gave us a sneak preview and held his value down. So he was, uh, early in the Early in the startup draft season, he was going in the 15th, 16th round of drafts, uh, well behind Devontae Parker. And I think since then, he's kind of uh, narrowed that gap in the uh, difference in ADP. Uh, and super, he's a super talented guy. He was a highly, highly sought after recruit. I think he went to Tennessee before transferring out uh, because of those off-field issues and ended up at Colorado State. Uh did, like I said, didn't get drafted, but uh, was able to sign a contract with the Dolphins and looked pretty good in his his limited time on the field. Um, so I'm pretty excited about how they're going to use him this year because uh, it looked like, by all accounts, he you know he was looking like the number one guy on the the number one receiver on the on the team before he got hurt. Uh, Devontae Parker's breakout did not happen until afterwards. But, uh, you know, just super exciting talent, really, when you look at it. Um, has the size 6'4 to 11. I mean, he's, you know, had a pretty decent early breakout age. and Or, I'm sorry, he had a... Yeah, the breakout age wasn't great. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited about yep. about the way he... he he was looking and uh you could see you know he was on the field pretty much 90 percent of the time in a in the bulk of his games last year so i think they have not added any receivers out there in miami so he's i think they fully expect him to walk back in uh at at week one and take that role opposite of Devontae parker and i'd like to see you know how how he proceeds in his uh his second year here, but I, I definitely like, I like his position where he's at in that, in that offense compared to like who he's going up against. And, you know, Devontae Parker finally broke out in his fifth year. So there's a lot of questions about is, is that good? Right. Is where, where is that? So. Yeah. About, you know, speaking on, on his on, on field percentage, uh, you're right. Like uh, by game three, he was on the field 96% of the time um, and it didn't really dip below 85% until that week that he got uh, week that he got hurt. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of promise here. Um, so, you know, and given ADP numbers, it wouldn't be unrealistic for you to say I'd rather have. Preston Williams at his ADP over Devontae Parker and his ADP. Uh, I agree. We had to wait so long for uh, Parker to quote unquote break out. It took him five years to actually have a a decent NFL season. Um, And that was last year. So who's to say that he's actually going to be able to duplicate that again this year? Uh, You know, you know, you got two coming in. It's going to be a completely new offense. Um, who who knows? Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I like his I like his spot. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Like his spot there. Another one I'd like to mention is uh, some who uh, someone who some probably already think has broken out, and that is Darius Slayton. Uh, he's got some great workout metrics, and you could see by the end of the by the end of the season, he kind of had worked his way into a pretty good role with the Giants. Uh, had a handful of games with you know hovering around 10 targets um and so they uh, you know you look at the other receivers that the giants have they have uh golden tate and sterling shepherd uh 
both of which seem to either be suspended or hurt. Uh, although I like both those guys, don't be wrong. I, I do like both of uh, Shepard and Tate. Uh, but as far as like, if we're trying to project who's going to be the number one receiver, I think you could look, you could seriously look at uh, Slayton here. Uh, they didn't draft anyone this year to supplement the, the receiver core. And uh, he looked pretty decent. I would say by all accounts, he is. Um, I think he finished with, where did he finish last year? I think he finishes uh, top two. I mean, a tier two receiver. Mm-hmm. So you got to think a uh, little growth from Daniel, from Daniel Jones. And then you get a uh, you know, little growth from Darius Slayton here, a little more targets, uh, more efficient offense. Uh, you got to think that the, that the ceiling is a little bit higher in the second year. Uh, pretty good. Um, you know, when you look at his workout metrics, he's, you know, he's, he's lightning fast. He runs at a sub four, four forty. Uh, you know, I'm just looking at these, uh, player profiler dot com mm-hmm. metrics and, uh, by all accounts, uh, given that, you know, he's like a, you know, workout warrior or whatever. And, uh, you can see he's kind of, his uh, route tree slowly expanded throughout the season where he was running more and more routes. And uh, yeah, I'm just super excited about where his game's going to go. Uh, as a Cowboy fan, I hope it doesn't grow too, too much. Uh, you know, <laughs> like right. to see the giants stay down, but uh, I think there are some, there are some pieces, you know, he's got a little skill there. He uh, fifth round pick from last year. And um. I think he showed she showed well. You know, he was not someone that was on my radar at all last year, coming into the rookie drafts, and um, I think he showed pretty well. I think he was a fifth round uh, draft in our home league, and uh, you know, showed off pretty well for that for that type of uh, draft capital. I agree. Finished with yeah. seven hundred and forty yards. Uh, yeah, fifteen yards, uh, fifteen yards of reception, which was uh, pretty high among rookies. Um, yeah, he had some he had yeah. some solid numbers for being a fifth round pick, one hundred seventy one overall. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Um, now I have a uh, I have an honorable honorable mention on my list on a guy that I've targeted in a uh, in a few drafts here, and he was also a fifth round pick out of last year. Uh, but the reason I the reason that he's an honor, honorable mention is because of the uh, the weapons that were drafted around him that could potentially uh, push him down, uh, which is Hunter Renfro. Uh, he uh, he intrigued me last year. Um, you know, finished seventh overall uh, with receptions uh, with with regards to rookies. Um, yeah, I had him on my list as well. I was gonna. Oh, okay, I was great. Mention him next, but uh, perfect. Yeah, perfect ahead. segue. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, seventh seventh among rookies in yards, receptions, receptions, and targets, and tied ninth uh, within that rookie class uh, for TDs. Um, you know, the uh, uh, Raiders' offense uh, in, intrigues me because they've just added so much speed um, to uh, to their to their offense this year with the addition right. of uh, the receivers and then Lynn Bowden in the backfield. Um, I'm just, you know, I, I'm struggling to see if Renfro stays on the field with all the addition of, uh, of, of those draft picks. Yeah. You have to be a little worried about just if he's going to get squeezed out there. Um, I think what working is what works in his favor though, is they didn't really draft a slot guy. I think, uh, Maybe Bowden could be the one that I would be worried most about taking uh, some snaps. You know, like if uh, they were to maybe you know bring him out of the backfield, line or even just line him up in the slot in the slot. Right, mm-hmm. I could see right. that uh, as a potential. Um, but you know, given that they drafted him last year, I think uh, I think I've heard a lot of good things, which we all hear good things from coaches about players. But I think uh, the, in this particular instance, I think Gruden really likes Renfro. And if you look at uh, if you look at his last the last two weeks of the season, I mean he he had two top two finishes or two top ten finishes for wide receivers in week sixteen and seventeen with over twenty. PPR points. 
so that's pretty impressive. You know, back to back games where he had nine catches. Uh, I'm sorry, with back to back games where he had nine targets, seven to six catches respectively. Right. Uh, over a hundred yards. I think you can see you can see a, a path there if you just look at those last couple of games. And um, so, yeah, I think he's he's definitely on the radar. Uh, his role is probably pretty well-defined, but I, I like where he, he is in that offense. I think, like I said, uh, coming, down the, coming down the stretch there, uh, his routes run picked up and uh, just, you know, just the routes run and then, kind of coincided with the target uptick and then mm-hmm. which coincided with everything else, you know, fancy points picking up too. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely on my radar. He's also another, uh, mid teen draft pick, uh, startup mid teen, uh, startup pick. Mm-hmm. So you're looking like in the one forty range or so, something like that, uh, maybe even higher one forty to one eighty, depending on, uh, the other people in your league, of course. Um, great college player you know and i think that kind of showed you know showed out a little bit last year um with his uh you know catch rate and uh just good quality player you know he's just another you know mm-hmm. slightly less slightly less than six foot slightly less than 200 pound slot who uh who played pretty well last year can uh considering all things uh, so yeah, I'll, I definitely be, will be looking for him. Uh, you know, especially in the PPR leagues. I mean, if if you can, but if you could get that kind of production, if you could get five catches a week, you know, you'd be on pace for like an eighty catch season. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty. That's a pretty good floor for this guy. Um, of course, we'll have to see how those new, the new players that they drafted, how that's going to affect him. Of course, and uh, right. And that's the biggest hurdles I think he has at this point is not being overtaken by someone with a little bit more athleticism or, you know, um, Mm -hmm. so I think that's his biggest worry. I agree. And he only played 13 games last, uh, last season as well. So, yeah, I think he, uh, when he started out, he missed, uh, he missed some games in the mid, mid, mid season. Well, it was late season, I think. Late season. Okay. It was a late season. Right before he came back from that, uh, he came back and did that week 16 and 17. Yeah. But, yeah. So, uh, there is one more player that I'd like to mention, and this is uh, a deep dive. This is like a, this is almost like a gut feeling where it's, I mean, he doesn't, I'm going to, this guy was a pro bowler last year. How about that? He was oh, a pro wow. bowler. Okay. He was a rookie pro bowler. And, uh, Deep dive gonna, rookie pro bowler. I don't say yeah, too right. Deep. How about that? Right? Doesn't sound deep, sound right? Deep. But, <laughs> right. Uh, this is Deontay Harris. Okay. Okay. Receiver, listed wide receiver for uh, the New Orleans Saints, and um, I think what I like about him, well, he was a he was a pro bowler as a punt returner. So let's just start there. He was. Oh, there you special, go. Right. Special teams pro bowler. Nonetheless, though, I mean, he only had 10 touches on offense last year. So this is where I'm saying it's like a deep dive. But I think uh, he is going to be listed as their number three receiver this year. I think um, he was kind of in a tussle with Traquan Smith last year, you mm-hmm. know, going down the stretch uh, as far as who's on the field. And I think he slowly won out because of – you know, I think uh, he has size. You know, he has size issues. He's like Darren Sproles. You know, he's super small. He's five, five six, six, 170 pounds. But uh, as I mentioned, he was selected to the Pro Bowl, so he obviously can shake some dudes in the open field. And if you look at uh, the ten touches that he did have last year, um. He had six. He had six re- receptions, and his average distance of target was in the negative. So, basically, they were throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage to him, and just seeing what he could do with the ball. Right? Uh, he mm-hmm. had four catches. Uh, I'm sorry. He had four rushes, uh, 
couple first downs, you know, you know, so nothing really statistically significant to say, Hey, this guy is going to show out or whatever. But I just have a feeling that, uh, this is the kind of guy that Sean Payton loves. This is the kind of guy who can, Oh, I'm just sitting here saying this is a kind of guy. I can't believe I just said that. Yeah, no. But <laughs> here's a guy. Yeah. But I think Deontay Harris is someone that, uh, they'll be able to move him around on the field uh, and potentially just be a toy that, that Sean Payton, that he likes, that he likes to use. Right. Uh, if we're looking at the receiver core, they have Michael Thomas and then they signed Manuel Sanders. And outside of that, they don't really have another receiver. They have Kamara out of the backfield. They have Jerry cook, of course. And, uh, and of course, you know, Kamara's dynamic. They don't, you know, but there's, you know, the Saints are a team that can use weapons if they have them. So I look forward to seeing if they, you know, expand on his role a little bit uh, in this year to see if they can get him the ball any more in, his, you know, in his hands. Yeah, it's um, yeah, because I was um, I had drafted uh, Traquan a couple years back, um, you know, third round pick thinking that, uh, you know, getting buying into that Saints offense. And he just he just never really, um, you know, never he hasn't been as fruitful as I had anticipated him being. Yeah. And there's always that opportunity uh, for him to show that him being uh, Traquan. There's always that chance that he can show out this year. Right. It's, this is his third year. So he was on my list of players that I wrote down as far as. You know, I wrote down 18 different receivers from 2018 and 19 from 2019. And, I mean, Traquan's on the list. He's he's in a spot. You know, he has the ability. Sure. You know, he has the opportunity. He's, he's in the offense that you want someone to be in. He's where he needs to be. Uh, but as you mentioned, he just hasn't proven anything. So Mm-mm. that's going to make it a little tougher for him. Uh, right. So that's where I see that's where I see the uh, the value of Harris. I think Harris can overtake him because he has been so disappointing. And you know, uh, everyone likes the new shiny thing compared to the old thing that you've been trying to get to work for the last couple of years, and now it won't work. So, right, let me get this new thing in here, and uh, I think he'll see. slowly start taking over some snaps from him. So I could see him in the slot um, by midseason. I can and something see that you don't well. and something that and this is a player that you can get for free. He's not being drafted. You can get him for free at the very last pick of your draft. So, or even draft somebody else and then wait to waivers and just wow. We don't take know. any chances. Somebody might be, you know, somebody out there waiting for him. <laughs> right. Somebody might be listening to this podcast, getting your getting your advice. Right. Exactly. I'll beat them to it. Try. Right. Uh, yeah, but I think that covers uh, the second, third year breakout players pretty well. Um, so, you know, let us know what you think. If you uh, if we miss someone, please let us know. If you think that you know we're crazy for talking about some of these players and and the way that we did, we'd like to hear that as well. Absolutely. So if you can, just yeah, just you know, hit us up on Twitter. Um, you can hit our main handle up at Dynasty B Field and let us know. Um, and I did want to go ahead and just conclude the episode. We'll go ahead and you know close the show. Uh, that was. Uh, that was a good, I think that was a interesting conversation. I do, uh, you know, we're always looking for these players that are undervalued or just diamonds in the rough. And if there's a player on here that, you know, we mentioned that you hadn't thought about, then I think that that's a win. And, uh, you know, it's always hard to, it's almost impossible to have, um, new information, you know, so it's basically taking some, taking all the information and just kind of using it differently is the way I kind of see this mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, to try to find one or two players that maybe someone's not thinking about, you know, with so much information out there now, uh, it's, it's so much easier for anyone to, to get, uh, relevant information. And, uh, but what's not easy is getting appliable information or, how do I apply this information? Right. So, right. I think that was one of the things that I was looking for with these players were not necessarily some statistics that jumped out, but just look at overall situations as well and how those, how the players may fit into the, into their current teams and their systems. 
Yeah. You know, just taking all that information that we do have that, you know, and then just filtering it through my personal biases. Right. And um, those are the guys that I'm looking for. All right. Absolutely. So, yeah, with that, we'll go ahead and close the show. And um, just want to mention a couple of things Uh, like I did at the top. We are filling a 12 team super flex uh, startup and we are both members. As I mentioned, uh, the site that it will be held on is my fantasy league and the money will be held in league safe as uh, a $50 startup. Uh, so if you can get over to dynastybattlefield.com, click on the join startup button and uh, that'll send you over to the league safe and you can sign up and, and get in the league. Uh, we'll be drafting that league as soon as we get it filled. So get over there and get it filled for us. Yep, and the link will also be in the uh, show description. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So if you look in the show notes here, you'll see uh, that link that that Jerry mentioned. And uh, if you can, please go out to the Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our channel, as well as rate and review us. Uh, Please give us a five-star review. That does help everyone find the show when they're looking for fantasy content. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, so... Uh, with that, Jerry, I'll let you remind everyone of your Twitter handle. Yep. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DynastyBFieldJT. Awesome. And with that, we will close the show. Hashtag. Hashtag.